This is Colin Hendra from Witch Hazel, and you are listening to the Wild Man and Steve Show. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve Show starts right now. The exciting conclusion of the interview with the band, The Brave, with the Wild Man and Steve. So, so Malcolm, uh, the bass player, um, who already has identified himself as the most important person in the band. Um, he is. Yes, Malcolm. What, what was? What has this been like for you with this? Uh, this resurgence of the brave now with these two great albums um, coming out. Oh man, that's just been amazing for me personally because uh, you know I thought I was, I thought I pretty much just retired from music, you know, because um, I haven't done so done anything else so long. But um, I moved to Indiana in two thousand three, but Stacy and I kept in touch uh, that whole time. So he had always saw songs at me. I, I heard, I actually heard Evie Thaw Garden in 2015. But uh, right before we, we started cutting Evie's, he asked me if I wanted to, you know, be a part of it. And uh, he told me that John was on board. And uh, he sent me, uh, I think, the, the demo he worked on for Evie's Little Garden, the single, and a couple other songs. And just from the demos, man, I was just, I was just blown away. I was like, hey, man, this is like amazing stuff. So um, I can't imagine what, you know, it'll sound like without, without three of us playing this stuff. So uh, so I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll do it. I, did, I don't think we thought, I don't think any of us thought it was going to be uh, this well receptive though. Yeah. Uh, so I think Evie's pretty much blew our minds as far as what everybody thought of it. Um, and after we were done recording that, uh, we did uh, one Christmas song, and then I was back to work on Gabriel. So it's been kind of like, really enjoying it. Wow. I think the, uh, the the biggest thing for me was uh, first off uh, to speak to those demos. Basically, the the uh, the vocals that you hear that's that those on Evie's those are about ninety percent what was on the demo anyway. Um, because when I went back to go change things, the only time I changed something is. Because something happens with the synergy of the three of us. Now, um, when I send stuff to the guys, uh, you can't see it, but I'm sitting in front of my Raven console. So I have three 27-inch screens here, all completely. The best stuff you can get, I have pretty much all that stuff. So, I mean, my preamps are pretty cool. I mean, I've, I've been very blessed in my life to be able to collect this kind of gear. And my wife is, is uh, spoiled me rotten. So the Les Paul you see back there, last birthday, the piano right here, last birthday. I mean, she gets me a lot of really, really cool stuff. So without her, I don't even, I'd probably be in a task cam, John. Um, but um, when I sent them to John, I didn't know what to expect. 
So the first test was uh, Malcolm's right. He heard EVs back in 2015 when I originally had, a, it was kind of mapped out, but it wasn't the complete version. All I had really was the chorus. Everything else still had to kind of develop. But when I sent it to John, that was the first song I sent. Uh, one of the things I always tell people, because they don't, they don't know when they first start talking to us, the order that you see the, the songs on our albums, that's the order that we cut them. Uh, I don't know why we do that. It's kind of a weird thing, but that's uh, pretty that's much right. how we, it may not always be that way, but it has been on these last two. We cut them in the order that we're going to get them mixed, that we're going to get them mastered, that we're going to put them on the record. And um, Evie's was the first one I sent to John. And when he sent it back, you could not have pasted my jaw up against the wall any farther because I was blown away. And I sent it to Malcolm. Malcolm puts all his bass lines down. And, you know, Malcolm, uh, for those of you that don't know, Malcolm has a, a hearing disposition. He's been exposed to a lot of high frequencies. We were talking about before we, we started the show. But he is he can visually see everything that John does because we have the same. We both use Cubase. John uses Logic. And so John cuts all his stuff in Logic, which is a, a digital audio workstation. Malcolm and I both use Cubase 12. So when I send Malcolm the bass part for the demo that I do, he'll look at it, he'll examine it, and then he'll go decide what he's gonna play. And when he sends it back, totally different tone. He's locked in with John. that somebody was, that's hearing impaired can't play bass, just ask Malcolm, because him and John groove like, I mean, they make things for me so much funner. Because when I sent them the demos, and like this happened on Evie's, I think with Evie's, John, we were kind of working out how we were going to do this, right? And then by Gravedigger, we yeah. had it down pretty good. Uh, because you got when you're sending files back and forth, you got to get a process that's going to make it smooth and easy. Uh, sometimes John will say, hey, send me it like this way. Malcolm gets a totally different kind of arrangement so he can isolate things and hear them better. Um, but I have to send out, so like if, if I have 85 tracks, right, I will condense them down as much as I can and then just send stereo files to the guys. But Malcolm requires the bass by itself, the drums by itself, and then everything else. John just wants everything except the drums. And uh, I don't think you've ever asked me to turn the bass up or, hey, can you lower that guitar? No. I'm not playing with divas. These guys, all three of us, I mean, we're just, 
you could not find three more synergistic, cool guys that love each other. I mean, we talk every day. We're always, it'll be eight o'clock at night and we're wearing a group text just sitting there cracking jokes and laughing or talking about, you know, things we want to do in 2023, goals for the next album. Um, what do I have on tap? Because I always have something in the pipeline. So they're always like, hey, what's the next song? And I'll, I might shoot them too. Sometimes they get three in one day. So, um, but that's how the, the whole process began. John and I talked, we decided, yeah, we're going to do it. Malcolm got enlisted. Freddie was initially going to be, he's a little Hawaiian guy. He was going to be involved, but he had too many personal things going on. So couldn't get involved. So I took all the guitar duties, which, you know, I wasn't upset about. Um, <laughs> any guitar player that's upset because he gets to play too much. I don't know about that. But Evie's was done maybe in about three months, John, I guess maybe three yeah. months. Yeah. And then, then we send it. Then after we're done, we send it to Jar McNeely who mixes it. When he sends it back, we send it to um, Euphonics Mastering, and they master it. Hey, Steve, did you write the script for our new Gerder music commercial? I did. Did you make me sound good? I did. Did you make me sound real good? Well, I can only do so much with the material I'm given to work with. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you trying to say, sir? Look, I'm not the guys over at Girder Music. I mean, they can take anything and make it sound great. Like what they did with the Keith Greenbox set. You're right about that. And when the music is already some of the best on the market, like Keith Green stuff is great, and they're the first ones to bring it back. Well, no kidding. And on top of that, their packaging is second to none. I mean, take a look at the, the red and black or yellow and black splatter vinyl editions of disciples back again and this might sting a little or what about that red swirl vinyl of bride's classic album snakes in the playground and as you said they just make the music sound so good i mean you mentioned the the keith green box set but whether it's petra DeGarmo and key resban Rikua, or really any of your favorite christian artists when you get your music from girdermusic.com it's guaranteed to sound and look fantastic. So, can you make me sound good for our next commercial? I'll, I'll tell you what, wild man. If you tell our fans about Girder Music, you will sound great. There it is, folks. Head over to girdermusic.com today and find the best in Christian rock and metal. Their sound is the best in the business. But yeah, that's how it happened. And then yeah. as soon as he was done, it was within a month we started on Grave Digger. So, so, so I got to ask you this because of um, we've we've interviewed quite a few artists. Some of the classics, some of the ones that are still full time, and some that work full time jobs like you guys do. Um, and I'm friends with independent artists myself, and I've started to do a little bit of independent work because when I was in high school, that was my goal. Till God had another plan and sent me into pastoring and all that. So just a simple question that all, everybody I'm sure out there that's listening that is an independent that works full time and is trying to do music on the side. Where do you find the time to <laughs> make an album like this or like these two albums when you have all these other responsibilities? Do you guys even sleep? <laughs> I don't think Stacy does, <laughs> but I think, but uh, for me, it's, it's actually probably easier for me than these two guys because I, 
you know, my full-time job is playing music. So when I, I tour with Trace, but when I'm home, I'm home. I'm home for a bulk of time. Mm. So I might be gone for four or five days and I'm home for four or five days. Then I'm back out again for four or five days. I'm home for four or five days. So I could, when I'm home and my wife's working and doing stuff, I lock myself in my studio and just knock the stuff out. So it's easier for me because I have bigger bulks of time. Mm. Uh, and if John and if John's home, it's this quick. I'll give you an example. We we just cut uh, one of the Christmas songs we're about to release. I sent it to him on a Sunday. He sent it back on Tuesday. <laughs> so I mean, there have been times where I've uh, usually Sundays is when I send these guys stuff because I take. You ask where we get the time. I take Saturdays and Sundays off no matter what. So I own a grocery store with my wife. I'll work a lot of hours Monday through Friday, but come Saturday and Sunday, that's a a, a a set aside time. You know, anybody you talk to that's successful will tell you if you don't budget away, even as pastors, you you've got to find a time to do the things. You got to have your quiet time with God. You got to have your time with people, time with your family. I ain't no different. I have to. the The difference is for me is when I have that time, I have to count on God to bring me creativity because sometimes I'll sit down with nothing. Yeah. And sometimes I'll come up with one of the coolest songs we've ever had. And all my songs, I come in about 15 or 20 minutes, but I sit down here and whatever I play, it's going to be a song. I may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but next week it might be. But oh. if I have riffs that are sitting around, I'm going to turn them into something. So I'm going to flesh out the chorus, flesh out the verses, figure out some things. But the coolest things happen when I get John's part back. Because John's part is what fuels whatever Malcolm's going to do. And it's going to fuel whatever my guitar is going to do. Because I have to cut the guitars twice. Because you can't groove with a drum machine. So I'll program drums, send something totally lame and basic to John. And he'll laugh and think that's cute. And uh, no, he's always always very complimentary. But (laughs) I always try to tie the sections together. and, uh, And I play the drums on here. Right? I play the keyboards on here. I Sometimes I'll figure out my guitar voicings on here. Or whatever vocal harmonies... I'm sorry, guys, that we're going to have. I will, uh, I'll then send them to John. But then what he does, I'll give you a great example on uh, Ghost. Mm-hmm. Ghost I sent, and it sounded totally different than what he sent back to me. But when he sent me those drums, man, I lost my mind. I was like, what? Okay, this is, okay, this is different. So I changed a few things that I was doing. But, man, you talk about, you know, we get into the chorus. I've got Ghost. And he goes, Papa. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so then it goes to Malcolm. Malcolm goes into his space and Malcolm finds out what he, he'll listen to what I do first. And then if there's something he likes, he'll keep it. But I have never, ever, to both these guys' credits, I've never sent it back and said, do it different. I have when they've asked me, not John, but I think Malcolm's asked me a couple of times on, you want this a little bit more staccato or whatnot? But those are just discussions. I've never if Malcolm sent me something and that's hardcore what he wanted and what he believed in and he felt on a part, then that's what's going on the album. Um, but that's how our songs come about. It's, 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 it's like that, you know, we just, I think we're all a different layer of what makes us sound the way we sound. Mm-hmm. So I may birth the songs, but really they're nothing more than, I think it's like um, if you had a picture and I'll draw, okay, it's going to be a house. And then I send it to John and then he paints some of the walls and builds the stairs and since it's Malcolm and Malcolm does the outside. So yeah. we all do something that makes us sound that there's no, there's not one ego or, or diva other than a couple of dummies that like playing together and laugh. So we laugh so much. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, 
Well, that, that, that's a good attribute to have in a band, I believe. So, yeah. so, so Malcolm, what about you? How do you find the time working also and doing music? Well, I work from home. I do IT. Um, so I don't, you know, I have a commute or anything like that. So that helps. Um, and pretty much all I do is work, go to the gym, spend time with my wife and kids and, and the band. So it is, for me, it's not too hard. I have the easiest job by far. Um, you know, uh, but it sounds basically <laughs> but uh, but Stacy, I don't know, man. Uh, Stacy does seventy five percent of the work. Stacy owns, you know, a large business. Yeah. So I have no idea, and writes all the songs. Yeah. So I have no idea how he does it. But uh, but for me, it's it's pretty pretty it's pretty easy uh, to find the time. Yeah. So. One of the other things that makes it easy for me is because I I don't labor over stuff. I for whatever reason whenever I sit down to write, it's kind of like just turning a faucet on. I, I don't have to take, you know, three months to write a song. I'll take 15, 20 minutes and I'll have run to you or 15 or 20 minutes and I'll have, I've always wondered or, or whatever. If I've got a riff for me, and I think other guys that you guys have talked to that, that write songs, I know John Alfonte is like this. It just it kind of writes itself. You kind of just sit and see what the song needs. And it tells you, so you, you document that by recording it. But um I'll spend a Saturday and have a song completely finished, maybe half of the next one finished. If it took me a long time, I don't think we could do uh, we could do as much as we could. vouch for that because when he when he wrote Undertaker he asked me he goes hey if you have an idea of a, of a style of a a band or a song that you want to do let me have it and I'll try and write something in that in that vein yeah. and I said I said Dogman by uh, King's X and next thing I know I, I, I think it was the next day he had Undertaker pretty much done 
It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, It's fun when that stuff happens. It doesn't always happen, but when it does, it's fun. Well, we're glad to hear that. And I think fans are glad to hear that because as Wildman was saying, you know, there've been the hiatus and then we've got these two albums back to back. You already kind of referenced something, maybe, you know, think about what's going to happen in 2023. We want to hear more. I got to tell you, Evie's little garden, I think great for me, grave digger. I can't get enough. It is supposed so good, but grave digger is just killing it for me. Oh, and I, I literally, I just got an alert on my phone. Uh, our editor, hey, that's me uh, of our show, uh, literally just tweeted out uh, about the episode uh, that's going to be released about uh, our our interview with Reign of Glory uh, that's coming out. And so I'm suddenly I'm sitting there listening to you guys, and I'm thinking, I don't know. It is from your perspective, do you think there might be some level of resurgence? and interest in this kind of music. Because I'm listening to you guys. I'm listening to Reign of Glory. Uh, obviously, Striper's still doing stuff. Les Carlson's now got a new uh, solo album coming out uh, post-Blood uh, uh, Good. You've got other up new bands that are coming out. We already mentioned um, uh, Chaotic Resemblance, I think, uh, before the show we were talking about them. Uh, we've got some friends... Um, uh, over in the Netherlands, uh, Angelic Forces, they're getting ready to release a, a new album. And suddenly I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe some of the talk about uh, the days of rock and metal and that are kind of gone. Not that we're looking to have 1986 again necessarily, but do you think there may be some kind of research? And again, you know, Stacy, you were pointing out the, the boxes sitting behind you, which again, our, our listeners don't see. But you have boxes of of music, right? Heart, physical product uh, of, of album stuff. So do you think there is some, some resurgence? Well, based on our sales, I, I think that uh, there's a lot more people that were hungry for this style of music than, than I thought. I mean, mm -hmm. we were all blown away by the reaction to Evie's, but if I, I kind of use Evie, Evie's as a benchmark and, 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 you know, to quote John Alfonte, not to toot my own horn because uh, I'm not, uh, but this band, our songs have always been sing-alongs. You know, the reason I loved Kansas so much, especially when John joined it, sing-alongable songs, Journey, Toto, Foreigner, sing-alongable songs. And then Def Leppard came out. Me and Malcolm used to, uh, we were teenagers together in Texas. And we had a simple rule. If the, if the tape wasn't very good, we were going to check it out the window and pull it down Main Street. And uh, that didn't happen very often because we had good taste in music. But Loverboy sticks <laughs> foreigner i mean all of those bands acdc they were sing-alongable songs what bands like reign of glory and fear not and us do is we write stuff that if you if you can sing it five minutes later then we did something right yeah and i think what what more than anything if you're looking at listening to screamo or emo or elmo whatever they call it these days i don't know <laughs> you can't sing that at the wedding you can't you know Malcolm made a really good point on Afterlife as he said, you know, we may be the first band with a funeral song. Mm. And um, it, 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 our subject matter was so much about mortality, but we still had to make it sing-alongable. I mean, Gravedigger is kind of a dark slant, but the point that we're, the whole thing we're just trying to make is, man, your days are numbered. Make them count, you know? Yeah. No, but even Gravedigger, no you joke. can sing along to it. No, no joke, no joke. 
I was listening to that song again this afternoon. Of course, I was thinking about the interview coming up. Uh, I, I was. I'm in my car. I was actually singing along. And I That's think incredible. you got a great point there. And, and so maybe, again, anybody who's thinking about getting into music or people who are just in the early stages, think about this. That sing-alongable quality. I like that. I really like that because... Let's be honest, it, it becomes that little, you know, that little earworm, right? We, we get that in our head. Next thing you know, you're humming it, you're whistling it, you're singing it as you're going around your daily life. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that is the good stuff. Then you couple that with messages that are rooted in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Now people are singing that yeah. and they're kind of just, you know, going around the daily life and singing that. They're singing something of real value. Yeah. So um, that's a good point. That's a real good point. And, and, you know, the thing is, when I talk about the three of us being layers, my wife always worries that, that when we start playing live, that I'm only going to sing the harmonies of the lyrics, because every time I sing along with myself in the car, I'm harmonizing <laughs> 100%. Me and Malcolm used to always do that. That's how we learned how to harmonize. She goes, you're going to sing the wrong. <laughs> I go, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Well, when I'm driving along, I'm singing John's drum parts or, or something Malcolm did on the bass. I'm listening it's the producer part of me. I, I hear every single note and I always have been like this. And whether it's, if I'm listening to fear or not, or I'm listening to John Lafonte's album. I'm listening to what the keyboards are doing. I'm decoding stuff with my ears. So I'm ripping this stuff apart. Mm-hmm. I get so much enjoyment out of, out of the bands that have all these little hidden things like this band does. You know, um, I just found out the other day, one of our songs is fading and I got my earbuds on, on the way to work. And John goes into these quads at the end. I don't even remember what the, it's a fade, John. And it's you almost can't hear. Like when we send stuff to JR, like like maybe the chorus ended here. So here's verse, chorus, bridge, verse, solo, chorus, whatever. We're at the end of the song. We give about this much space at the end for these two guys to go off. I never know when the song is really going to end. So because in front of me, it takes me six months to learn everything they did. And there's this one part at the end. I, I don't even, man, I wish I knew what song it was. And uh, Temples. John Temples. At the yeah, it is when we go into the halftime, and it's yeah. just about to fade, and John goes into this, and I just start laughing, and I'm going. I hope you know because we I, just today I dropped off. I dropped. I got the mountain. The, my, my store is located in this one place. It's right next to the post office. Every time they see me coming, they know I'm bringing stuff to ship all over the world. I mean, because we go to, you know, we're getting a lot of action in Japan, New Zealand, Netherlands, uh, the UK. People are listening to us everywhere. And every day, I'm also the local shipper for us. I'm the official brave uh, ship guy. So uh, you see the wrapping paper over here, the scissors, the tapes over there on top of that box. And I drop stuff off every single day to all over the U.S. And, and, you know, all over the world. And it blows my mind, guys, just like we're sitting here talking here. They might be having a conversation over in Britain. I sent something to France today, uh, New Zealand yesterday, Australia the day before, of people that are enjoying this music that we made in the most unorthodox way. Um, but it is, if you had to sum up any, if when we're long gone and people are talking about the brave, the only thing I think we want them to remember is they talked about Jesus and man, could you sing to it? Yeah. You know, so. 
And you know, one of the one of the typical questions we always ask artists towards the end of the interview is what do you have planned. And I must admit, I was distracted in this interview for about, I think maybe last 10 minutes or so, because I think I heard Stacy say he's working on a Christmas song that's about to be released. And so I've been participating, half of myself has been participating in the rest of the conversation, but the other half of myself is pretty much, okay, when's that coming? What is that? Tell us about that, please. Well, the original plan, um, as these guys know, I think these guys kind of, they laugh at me because I'm always, I always say, and we're going to do this and we're going to do this, we're going to do this, but I always mean it. <laughs> and the one thing I have, have earned is their trust that I'm going to, I'll do the best I can to get my end of stuff done so they can go do their thing. Um, because out of respect for them, I don't know how long it takes John to put his drum tracks down, but as fast as he gets them back to me, it can't be that long. The minute he hears a song I send to him, he's writing in his head. He's a very musical drummer. So, so verses become brave verses because the way he lays them out and bridges and choruses and pre-choruses and solo sections. Once Malcolm's done with them, it, it's funny because I'll see these texts going back and forth between the two of them. It's in a group text and I'm not saying anything. I'm just watching them go, yeah, man, I did that. Yeah. Did you hear that? Oh, that's so cool what you did there. These guys are such uh, they're in such a musical bromance on what they're going to do to these songs. And I just, <laughs> I just sit and just let them do it. Right. But we have uh, right now in John's possession, he's got uh, one of the two new songs that we have. So last year we released um, Christmas every day. And uh, the initial plan was to do a Christmas album to release this year, but I just have, have not had enough time. Um, there's been a lot going on with my company and stuff that has required a lot of my time. Plus we bought a house. So this is my new studio. Last year I was in a different one. The year before that, I was in a different one. So Evie's was done in a bedroom for on my parts. Uh, last year I had an apartment that we rented just for the studio. That's where Gravedigger was done. This one is where whatever's coming next is where it's coming from. Um, for those of you guys that can't see, they can see this room that's in complete disarray with guitars and a piano and shipping stuff and guitar stands everywhere. Um, but there are two new songs. One's called uh, Let It Be Christmas, which is, it's a little bit of a stretch for us, right, John? I mean, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. It sounds like us, but then it doesn't sound like us, I think. Um, and then um, I sent him another one called The Drums of Christmas. So we're going to at least release three more singles that are Christmas songs before Christmas season. I got to write the third one. I'll probably do it this, uh, this weekend. And uh, next by, I just got John's drums back for let it be Christmas. Malcolm's cutting bass this weekend for that. And as well, he's doing uh, drums of Christmas and John, um, you have drums of Christmas, right? You just got to cut, cut the parts, right? Yeah. So wow. we'll have two more brand new ones done probably within a week or two. And then I'll send them to JR, JR to get them mixed. We will probably, Here's how we release our songs. Hey guys, when do you want to release our songs? Whatever's cool with you. 
Okay. Well, how about this? Hey, that sounds good. <laughs> so these big executive board decisions we do in about 12 seconds. Uh, but they will probably we'll probably have them coming out um, by Thanksgiving. I don't think we'll do them at the same time. We'll probably do, you know, just keep things exciting. Well, maybe, sure. you know, every week leading up to Christmas or something, maybe we'll drop a Christmas song. But Kent Schreiber from Area 312 named this. When he saw Christmas Every Day, we had already done Evie's Little Garden. And Evie's on the front of the artwork. If you've seen uh, if you've seen Christmas Every Day, Evie returns. Evie would have returned somehow in the Gravedigger, but that guy went on hiatus that was doing our artwork, so we found somebody else. But he'll be returning to the fold, I think, uh, um, at the beginning of the year. So now we've got two great artists that we can work with. But it's going to be called Christmas Christmas Eve. So mm-hmm. Kent said either Christmas Evie or Christmas Eve, <laughs> and we loved it. So um, we'll probably do. Uh, volume one and release it all on Spotify and iTunes and everything before the, the year's up. Then next year, I'll write the rest of it. We'll put it on a CD and we'll press it. So people can get a, a physical copy. Cause it's one thing you guys have learned from both EVs and great and Gravedigger is how much we love getting that album experience, especially if you've ever seen the EVs vinyl. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the greatest things in the world was to open up a CD or, or a, back in the eighties. That's half the fun. But exactly. I wanted to know who was producing this. Where was it mastered? Oh, my gosh. Where did they record it? Who's this guy? I don't know this guy. Where'd he come from? What's he do? Um, <laughs> we we try to include all that for the fans, not just for ourselves, but we uh, we really like to do packaging that, you know, really stands out. So, well, so, so folks, you hear it right here that um, they are not slowing down. They're still cranking out music. Yes, sir. Which is, which is what we are excited about, what we want to promote here. Um, and, uh, so we want to thank you guys for taking the time to join us. This has been great. And, um, folks of the brave music.com, um, is where you can find information about them, but they're on all the streaming services. But if you go to the brave music.com, that's where you can purchase, um, their, all, all of their merch, their CDs, the vinyl, everything they have, um, that that's right behind Stacy right now. You can buy some of that stuff right now. Um, yeah. so yeah, we're, we're excited for that. And, uh, we encourage all of you to do everything you can to support this band. So thank you guys for coming on today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It was an honor to interview the Brave. They have that classic arena rock sound that formed my personal taste in music. I also appreciate the history of this band. Since they started, there were a lot of ins and outs and ups and downs, but that led them to be the great band they are today. I'm starting to believe that serving God will always take us down a windy road. The good news is, he knows where all this is heading, even if we don't. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website, where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Sounds like rock and roll to me.